The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org. Welcome to this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast. I'm your host, Jason, along with my co-host, Roger. And uh, we're going to be getting back into what we started last week. Actually, we started a while ago. Uh, the article from the London, London Baptist Confession, Article 3, on the decree. Uh, but before that, as we like to do, um, we're going to try a different question, though, this time, Roger. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to admit that you came up with the question. Is that okay? Yeah, that's okay. But I get to ask you first. <laughs> so the question, Roger, is... Uh, if you had to do it all over again, would you go to a different seminary than the one that you attended? And we'll say this for both the MDiv and your DMIN. Ooh, okay. Okay. So mm. I'm giving you a negative and a positive. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm helping you out. No, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, let me give you the super spiritual answer, because in God's providence, I went to the exact seminary that he wanted me to go to. (laughs) So in his hidden decree, yes. Hey, we're talking about God's decree. But what about prescriptively? Okay. If I had the choice, knowing what I know today, Mm -hmm. I would go somewhere different from MDiv. Do you have a particular place you'd go that you can think of? I've thought about it, um, and... So when I was first looking into seminaries, I knew nothing. I was right. I barely say you know, I'm surprised they even let me in sometimes. Um, but I looked We at, are too, Roger. Yeah, I know. We are too. <laughs> but I looked at all the different California seminaries, so Talbot at the time, TMS or Master Seminary, Dallas Seminary, Westminster. So I looked at all of them. And what I know or if I looked back from what I know today, I would have went to Westminster, Philadelphia, and specifically Philadelphia because of the counseling. The connection to CCEF. Yes, and because of the strength, not just of the MDiv program and just understanding a theology that's different than than when I was first trained, but the counseling aspect, I benefited so much with my demon program. Now, I wouldn't have changed what I did my demon at Southern. Mm. I still would have did it there. I looked, you know, I, I think I looked at the different schools that offered it, but I really loved my Southern experience. Yeah. Because of those who I got connected to, the professors, my advisors, they had opened me up to the counseling world in a greater way and and brought just so many things together for me. Yeah. And it was just such a great experience I had there. So I wouldn't change that. But my MDiv, now I look back, yeah, I, I see a lot of strengths that could have been there. But um God's always continuing to grow us and change us. But yeah. now yeah. it's your turn. You get you Let's get the real the answer, decree. Pastor Jason. So, um, so <laughs> Article three <laughs> See if any of your uh, classmates are listening or any connections. Yeah, I was going to say, to be politically uh, kind of correct here, no. Um, so the reality is, number one, I so I went to Talbot for my, my MDiv and THM mm-hmm. and loved almost every minute of it. Really grew, really appreciated my professors. Um, still am in touch with many of them. Um, but even then, they knew that 
theologically, I wasn't really in line mm. with the school. And the funny story is I, I almost didn't get accepted to the school because I had <laughs> written that, you know, I didn't hold to dispensationalism at all. It was kind of a stronger statement I, than that. <laughs> going to a dispensational school, you, you picked the one thing that you think they I, would I notice. <laughs> I, I didn't say I was wise at the time. I just said, this is what I did. Uh, so it was funny. I'm like, no, 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 I want to go there. I know I really do. Um, but the school that I, but in all reality, the, the school that I was going, was planning to go to, but for a variety of reasons chose not to, and went instead to Talbot was Westminster, but Escondido, the Westminster okay. West. And kind of looking back, um, because of where I am theologically and the the strength, the doctrinal strength, yeah, and that kind of training, honestly, that really is important. So I feel like exegetically in those ways, Talbot did a great job learning the languages, the tools, the background, all that. But systematic theology, doctrinal understanding kind of an understanding of the whole of scripture um a confessional school particularly westminster probably would be the choice for me today if i had to do it over again yeah that's interesting because we, we we've talked about this before you yeah. know that i went to masters yeah and one of the things i really appreciated about this school was the unity yeah in what they taught now today there are certain things i look back and 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 i differ on yeah. But I have to say, the foundation they built, the love for the Word of God, the exegetical work, all of that, that foundational stuff was so strong. But it's like you say, the confessional part, yeah. some of the doctrinal parts we look back at today that I think were weaker there because it was so narrow, you didn't get a fuller understanding that is out there. Where yeah. I think in your sense, it was a little too broad. Right. Right. Um, and so, yeah, for me, and especially being a pastor of a church, you, you kind of lose that, what the confession does give us. And you and I have talked about yeah. the confessions a lot. So, um, in terms of the PhD, you know, PhDs, you, you kind of, the, the biggest issue with the PhD is the person that is your main mentor yeah. and supervisor. And honestly, I can't think of a better one than, than mine was uh, Dr. Jim Bradley, um, we won't mention the institution. No, it was from Fuller. Okay. You have the backpack. Uh, don't worry. That's <laughs> true. Um, but, but Dr. Bradley was just the Lord in his providence really designed that perfectly. And, and, um, I, I, I wouldn't change that at all. I might change part of my topic. Anyway, I won't go there, but. So now the real question is yeah. what are you going to do your second PhD on? Or will your wife kill you? Do, uh, <laughs> I have, I have brought it up and she wasn't laughing when I brought it up. But wow. anyway, I would, I mean, if, if I wanted to, I would consider maybe a new Testament one, but anyway, okay. let's, let's go on with the okay. decree because that's probably not in it. <laughs> um, so let's take a look at a, uh, we're, we're in article three, paragraph six. And here's what it says. Just as God has appointed the elect to glory, so he has, by the eternal and completely free purpose of his will, foreordained all the means. Therefore, those who are elected, being fallen in Adam, are redeemed by Christ and effectually called to faith in Christ by his spirit working at the appropriate time. They are justified adopted, sanctified, and kept by his power through faith to salvation. 
none but the elect are redeemed by Christ or effectually called, justified, adopted, sanctified, and saved. It's a mouthful, mm-hmm. but really important. Yeah. So looking at that paragraph, um, Roger, what, what do you think kind of is their, what's their main purpose in, in writing this particular paragraph? You know, I didn't notice it before, but I think it's in the end of the first sentence yeah. that there's this emphasis on uh, he has by the eternal and completely free purpose of his will foreordained all the means. That's right. Which I hadn't noticed that before yeah. when we read it and we've gone through it in other discussions yeah. before, but there's a sense there where they're now talking about there's means that God uses for a person to come to salvation. It's not just you're elect, you're saved. Right. He not only foreordained the end, he foreordained the means to the end. Yep. And then they talk about the theological terms for that in the rest of the paragraph. Yeah. Absolutely. And and the the point is that God is um, not only saying, hey, I'm going to get you there. He's he is ordaining each and every step that yeah. gets you there. Yeah. Um, and uh, of course, you've got the something else going on. And I think the uh, in the, the last pair, uh, last sentence where he says none but the elect are redeemed, called, justified, adopted, sanctified and, mm-hmm. and saved. So. Um, if you are, and this is kind of going back to, I'm assuming they're quoting Romans eight. Yeah. They're referring to Romans eight. Of yeah. course, the golden chain of salvation, where if you're part of those who are justified, you are adopted, sanctified, glorified, mm-hmm. et cetera. All of that will be done to you for you. The, the call will come at the appropriate time. I mean, all of these things are ordained by God in detail specifically. Yeah. He says that. By his spirit working at the appropriate time. Mm-hmm. What's the appropriate time? <laughs> Whenever you, his spirit works. Yeah, it, it makes you wonder because you think about how people come to faith at all different times. You came, you know, younger. I was I was older when I came to faith when the spirit was working. But there's that mystery. Nobody knows when the spirit might be working in the heart. That's why we don't trust in 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 our ability. You're trusting in God working first in the heart at that right time. And that person comes and then uh, the golden chain, as we call it from Romans 8, 30 uh, begins. I mean, it's it's important to see again. I mean, they keep emphasizing it, but it's good because it's it's in the scriptures. But this idea that, you know, it's this eternal and completely free purpose. Yeah eternal and completely free purpose. We don't even understand what that means. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it, what we know is that God is God and he does God-like things. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we know? are not. And we are not. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Because if we were, there'd be a lot of people we wouldn't save. Yes. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people would be wondering, what were you thinking, Lord? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think, uh, yeah. The fact that I believe that I am saved, um, it, 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 people probably are thinking that too. What were you thinking, Lord? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> because it's not it, it's not the emphasis of man. It's the wisdom of God. Amen. That makes no sense to man because it, it also reminds us that the gospel is more glorious than we could ever imagine. Yeah. And I, I have to say, I believe that we have a, um, you know, we see through a mirror dimly, we have this 
kind of dim, finite. I mean, we're already it's always going to be finite, but understanding of this uh, and of, of his electing love and all these things. One day, I do think in glory, what will be revealed to us, maybe not all the details, because maybe our finitude won't allow that anyway. But I think we're going to see its glory even more mm-hmm. than we see it now. And we're going to, we're going to kind of melt that, that all those things that this doubts and concerns with how is this fair, just good, et cetera, are just going to melt away when his grace is just highlighted more and more. And I think it does happen. I don't know how you feel, but the more I read scripture, the more I grow in my knowledge of the gospel, it is already kind of melting away some of those human concerns that I've had about mm-hmm. these things. Because we do have them, mm-hmm. you know, we, we don't grasp this fully. Mm-hmm. Well, why don't you uh, read paragraph seven for us? Okay. The doctrine of the high mystery of predestination is to be handled with special prudence and care so that those heeding the will of God revealed in his word and obeying him may be assured of their eternal election by the certainty of their effectual calling. In this way, this doctrine will give reasons for praise, reverence, and admiration of God, as well as humility, diligence, and rich comfort to all who sincerely obey the gospel. Amen. It's a mouthful. It is. It's a lot of... But a good mouthful. Yes. I mean, this is like, this is like, you know cuisine meal like a, a five-star you know <laughs> meal here and uh, first that strikes me the language of the high mystery yeah and and again we go back to that this idea that we said hey god is god and we are not there is something high and mysterious and glorious and incomprehensible about this plan of uh, uh, this decree and, and predestination what if it wasn't a mystery? Uh, I don't know if it would be the cause of worship. Yeah. And and would we would we understand the distinction between creation or creator and creation, the mm-hmm. one who was created? If we understood the mind of God to that level, mm-hmm. to understand this mystery, we'd lose that distinction. Yeah. Which is a really important point. What what would we what do we expect? Like if you just think of God being this glorious eternal creator, and we are not, um, mm-hmm. what would our expectation be that we're going to really understand everything yeah. that He does and says? Would we really expect that? And do we want? Do we really want that answer? Could we handle that answer? Yeah, good question. The answer is no. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about it. I th- think of some brilliant mathematician, Alex yes. from our church. Okay. So, <laughs> and he's explaining some math to us, let's say, yeah. you know, do, do I really expect that I'm going to fully grasp even, I mean, the guy has been trained for all these yeah. years and I don't expect to understand that, let alone the, the eternal God's yeah. mind. Yeah. Right behind all these things, and they're the now. I'm not worshiping Alex, but they are a cause of me worshiping <laughs> the eternal God, whose whose plans are that high and yeah. glorious. Is it because we have too high of an exalted view of man mm. 
and not enough of a high view of God that we think we can understand more than yeah that's a good could. thought um, higher view of God uh, of ourselves and a lower view of God mm-hmm. it, it sure seems yeah to try to understand everything a scientist have discovered God's world right they mm. discover the mysteries the how how big the world is mm. and then they try to explain it there's a point where you can't right right yeah. and you have to submit to it or you just keep viewing yourself as no i'm i still have the knowledge yeah it must be this or you submit to the one that has all knowledge which is fascinating so he says it's this high mystery yeah right and specifically the doctrine of predestination here and he gives some implications of it. So because it's so high and mysterious, it needs to be handled with very delicate, <laughs> special yeah. prudence, he says. Right? Prudence and care. Why do you think it's such a delicate doctrine? Because it can easily, easily lead us to pride. Mm. To be prideful in our thoughts. <laughs> to think we grasp it all. Yeah. And to to not be, to be too, uh, maybe not too certain of it, but to allow it uh, for us to think we understand more than we should understand about God. Yeah. I think that it also can lead us to the opposite of pride. We can just kind of give up. Yeah. Haven't you, I think you and I, we've talked about this. Haven't you heard people say, well, maybe I'm just not elect. Yeah. And I give up. Yeah. And that's a, a very bad place to be. Actually, I've, I've had people say that that's where they were. Uh, and thankfully, the Lord kind of rescued them out of that state of yeah. thinking I'm just not God's person. Not, not, I don't belong to God. Or what other two extremes I think of, of, well, then we don't need to preach the gospel. Oh, right. God already is going to save them. He'll do it. So mm-hmm. I we don't need to worry about that. Or the other to be careless in our faith because they talk about obeying him of it doesn't matter. I'm saying I can just do whatever I want. The, the commands of God, God's wisdom doesn't matter. So you become careless in your life. So you have, we humans are so good at extremes. Yes, we are awful (laughs) at just staying in the middle. It's just so hard to be balanced. We always swing one way or the other and we find ways to go to the extremes. And I think that's why, we need that special prudence and care. Although I'm wondering when you're going to preach on prudence. I'll give you an amen if you do. Prudence? Yeah. Just using the word itself? Yeah, just use the word. I don't think I've ever heard it used You think they would sermon. think I'm a prude if I Probably. Used, yeah. Nah, mm-hmm. that you like that? Gonna, that was nah, bad. Nah, that nah, sounds no like amen what, for that. That no. sounds like one of my preaching <laughs> jokes. <laughs> <It does>. um, <laughs> you're not supposed to like say amen to that one, Roger. Thanks, brother. Um, uh, just trying to encourage you. What about, speaking of encouragement, <laughs> the doctrine of election, I think gives us and i love how they use the language rich comfort right at the end there it says it gives rich comfort to all who sincerely obey the gospel which i i'm going to simply say that obey the gospel means trust the gospel yeah i'm not going to go into this uh, (laughs) we won't do that right now anyway but there is there so you get this humility and you get this comfort that comes from this doctrine of election i think that's its purpose Hmm. right to know that it is not about you, but the grace of God upon you and to be comforted in knowing that it's not about you. It's the grace of God <laughs> upon you, um, that he will protect, sustain, preserve me 
uh, I didn't do anything to gain this. I cannot do anything to keep this. He is going to keep me. Um, now, of course, there's more to it. Certainly, he's transforming me. And we had all that the language of sanctification in the earlier uh, paragraph. But that's it's a delicate doctrine, I think, because like you said, if you don't maintain that balance, you lose these two benefits of them. Yeah. Instead of humility, you get pride. And instead of comfort, you get the opposite, which we were describing as, oh, I just must not be elect. Um, yeah. And what about the worship of God? Mm, yeah. To praise God that he saved us, to forget that. Yeah. To, to you know, however long you are alive, you know, if you've been a believer for one year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, to lose the sense of that gratitude that leads to worship. Thank you, God. I mean, our last dying breath, thank you that you saved me. Yeah. I'm a wretch. I don't deserve it. Yeah. I mean, what what that could do to our relationships with others as we think of 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 our life with other believers. I, I didn't deserve it anyway. It's it's all God. It's not about me. And then we stop looking at each other like we have some righteousness in ourselves and we start looking back at Jesus and about how great he is and what he's done in our life, how amazing he is. It just leads to worshiping him more. And like, and, and our interaction would be one of greater mercy on each other and forgiveness. Yeah, and right? when somebody comes in who is lost as ever, mm-hmm comes in it's welcome would you like to join the family and see christ for all he is yeah that i may look different i may not struggle with the same things you struggle with but at the foot of the cross we are all the same and we all need him yeah and to never lose that awe i think you know if we can ever if we ever get bored of church if we ever get bored of worshiping like something in our heart has gone off yeah, we, we've our focus has we've forgotten the gospels. We hear in scripture sometimes you've forgotten that you've been saved. That's right. I, I, I have to admit, I think that I forget every week, mm. probably every day. And I I feel like there is this repeat pattern that when I come into the corporate worship, the time of corporate worship with yeah. the body and all of a sudden the songs start coming where um you know, we we're, we're confessing our sinfulness and our yeah. need for grace again this week. You know, I, I there's mm-hmm. this moment in every service where I once again just kind of turn to the Lord and go, "Thank you for your grace," because I'm a mess. Yeah. Without you, I, I have nothing. And every week, being reminded of that grace is so good for the soul. Um, a reminder of all these things that. You know, we we come in to a Lord's Day service after being beaten up by our, <laughs> I mean, our own sin and, yep. and the suffering that you, uh, I know you guys, you like to biblical counselors say sin and suffering. Mm-hmm. We're sinners and sufferers. So I like that. I'll steal it from you. Um, I saw it with somebody else. So <laughs> <amen>. Sharing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that moment in the service where we're remembering grace is huge for me every week, every week. I think it was Derek Thomas. I was listening to him one time talk, and he talked about uh, how he felt like he was saved all over again after listening mm-hmm. to messages. And I remember listening to a series, and I can't find the series. I was on vacation, and I listened to sermons on sometimes on vacation, yeah. working out, and I'm, 
I'm working out and I'm listening to these messages and I'm just getting that sense of, wow, do you know, the gospel is that great and just yeah. that feeling. And, and because our feelings come and go and because our emotions are not always static, we have these highs and lows, the, the mountaintop experiences and the valleys, we need to be reminded often, if not weekly, daily, yeah. that... Yeah. It, it, it's all of God. And these doctrines help us. They're not just doctrines to, you know, just to study or for some who really want to understand a, a little deeper. You know, this, this fuels your relationship with God. This fuels your understanding of how good God is to you when you grasp what he's done for you. Yeah. And then you just humbly submit to Lord. I, I may not understand it all, but just thank you yeah. and help me to understand, help me in those areas where I just don't get it. Yeah. Um, and um, I was just thinking, this is why Paul makes such a big deal about false teaching and getting the gospel right. Mm. Because you miss out on so much. Even those that are preaching a false gospel, that's one thing. But those that skew and and don't grasp the fullness of grace that we're, yeah. we're seeing in Scripture, uh, this electing love... They miss out on so much of what God has given and provided for us, including that part where it says here in the confession, um, diligence, it's dil- it gives us diligence. I was thinking, mm-hmm. does the doctrine of election make me want to uh, just do nothing for the kingdom yeah. or give my life for the kingdom of God? Yeah. It makes me want to give my life for the one who's given his life for me. Mm-hmm. Knowing especially that he's with me, he's going to sustain me, he's going to get me there. Um, we miss out if we don't yeah. grasp this doctrine. Yeah. And then when we fall, <laughs> we're reminded he still has you. Amen. Amen. Because we, none of us are just fully on fire all the time, right? Of we course. fall off the wagon so yeah. quickly. Yeah. We say we worship on Sunday and we have that high and then Monday morning. Is it a misnomer? Where's God? I was going to say Sunday afternoon. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Monday morning. (laughs) Haven't even left church yet. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Right? I mean, because of the attack of, you know, we haven't got into Satan and demons, but I think the attack of the the evil one, our own hearts, the world, the pressures, everything around us tries to take our focus off. We know we can't ever lose our assurance and security in God, but we can sure feel discouraged by this. So the doctrines remind us, no, don't forget. Remember how many times did the saints in the old Testament? Remember, they always remembered what God had done. Remember what he did for us. Remember how he rescued us. Remember how he saved us. Mm Mm-hmm. And even when they went astray a million times over, it's like God's grace is so amazing to them. And then they just wanted to remember it as that is what God has done. And we remember it too. Yep. Remember what he said before the foundation of the world at the cross was the pinnacle of that. All right. So let's, as we're, as we're wrapping this up here, Roger. Okay. Let's, let's ask some, some questions that might come up or, or some challenges, so to speak to, Mm -hmm. to this doctrine. Um, if someone, if if there is anyone in the world who believes on the gospel and trusts in Jesus, is it possible that they are not part of the elect? No. No. Yeah. Um, and when you're preaching to the world, you're preaching 
trust Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if you trust Jesus, you will be saved. That's what we preach. Amen. It's uh, what the scriptures teach. Simple. Yeah. Um, do you think that God in somehow is unjust? No. How do you make sense of some being sent to hell and others by grace to glory? Last episode, paragraph three. That's what we talked about. God's glorious grace is shown in that he does save because nobody deserves to be saved. So if he was truly 100% just, all would go to hell. But because he has grace, those who he saves, he shows his immense and glorious grace. Those he passes over and leaves in their sins, he shows his glorious justice as the confession shows us. And holding those truths, those two truths together show that God is not unjust. He's gracious and he's just. It's just in our mind, we want to define the terms on how God should act in order for to appease our own minds instead of submitting to yeah. what the scriptures teach us. So there, there is a tension in our minds as humans between the grace of God and the justice of God. There's, yeah. there's a, there's a tension there, mm-hmm. but I want our listeners to know, and from my own heart, I want to remember the tension's not in God. Correct. There is no tension in God. These things work together. God is God, he is, yeah. he is simple. We talked about this before. He's simple. There's the simplicity of God. There's not, he's a little bit just and a little bit merciful and a little, yeah. no, no, he is. And the Godness we're seeing, we're, we're in our human finite thinking going, oh, there's some tension there. And that's okay. Cause we're finite, but remember that in God, there is no tension. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is good. He is good. And we want to worship him even when we can't fully comprehend. Actually, we cannot ever fully comprehend him. So always we want to worship him. Uh, Raj, any last thoughts before we wrap up? No, I think this was, was, was really, really good for our souls to remember. Yeah. And to think carefully through, uh, this great doctrine that can lead us to worship, not lead us to arguing, Mm -hmm. arguing with one another but to lead us back to worship God for his great glorious grace that he has shown Amen. to man Amen. and women who believe. Ah, and now I feel like we need to break forth into doxology, but I don't think anyone wants to hear us sing. So we'll, at home, we'll lose our listeners <laughs> at home. You guys can it. sing now. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, but we really hope that uh, you enjoyed our discussion on this important topic. And uh, we will come back soon with uh, some more. Uh, and if you have any questions, we really would love to hear from you or any thoughts, any other topics you'd like us to cover. So please uh, let us know. We'd love to tackle those issues as well. God bless you until next time. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.